this is all part of a propaganda and disinformation campaign by Russia attempting to help Donald Trump. And, you know, when we point out the very clear contours of this story, our colleagues just start chanting, Russia hoax, Russia hoax. Well, what's the hoax? <laughs> Congressman Jamie Raskin, he's a pirate. What kind of a pirate, you don't want to know. Yeah, what's what's the... They're still pimping this Joe McCarthy. Everybody's a communist Russian operative. I, uh, The Democrat Party, if they ever had a mind, they've lost their mind completely. I also have the mailbag in front of me. I have mail, and we got Joe Biden. We haven't gotten to Joe Biden uh, asking about about you know whether he's uh, working on Plan B to have California Governor uh, Toothy Hairpiece uh, step in for him, and and uh, you know got to step over the woman of color that's Vice President. That could lead to a civil war in the Democrat Party. What would they do about that? That would be crazy. We still, but we'll get to, we'll get to Joe Biden in this hour, uh, no doubt about it, because almost nobody's more ridiculous than he is. Gavin Newsom gonna step in and take the reins, so to speak. We will see. Yes, sir. And Democrats in their forties envy Joe Biden's fitness because. They lie about everything. They just, boy, they just lie. If they're talking, they're lying. Absolutely amazing stuff. Yes, sir. And there is a presidential race going on. Um, Believe it or not, between Donald John Trump and Joseph Robinette Biden. What a country. Aren't we amazing? Uh, Yeah, and, uh, and the radical leftist extremist Democrat Attorney General of the state of New York, Letitia James, who, uh, speaking of pirates, honestly, she is really a piece of work. I can say piece of work on the radio, right? We can get to that. Not like that Joe Biden stuff that they say on CNN. We'll uh, we'll leave that out. But let me get to the uh, let me get to the mailbag because sometimes I wait and I wait and I wait because I have so many stories to get to. They always give me too many stories. But let's get to the mailbag. Mailbag questions for today, Wednesday. And from Homer Bedlow. Let's begin with Homer Bedlow. Homer Bedlow. Homer Bedlow wants to know, he says, Knowing your extensive background in journalism, I'd like your advice. I'm applying to be a reporter for MSDNC. My background is that I was the recorder for my 1960s 4-H club. The 4-H club. A lot of good uh, things done by the 4-H club. My meeting summaries were published in the county paper, in the county paper, because uh, well, as a child, Homer Bedlow would uh, be the recorder, take uh, you know the notes from the 4-H club meetings, and then they'd be published in the county paper. Well, that does remind me, uh, actually, of Jake Tapper, who had a date with Monica Lewinsky. I mentioned it earlier today. And then he wrote a little uh, a story, if you can call it that, about his date. You, you can still find it online, I think his date with Monica Lewinsky. I think it might have been called My Date with Monica Lewinsky. And that was published in the City Paper, which is a free local newspaper that you find, you know, inside of diners and restaurants in Washington, D.C. And that launched his multi-million dollar journalistic career. 
So that would be, uh, you know, that's pretty good. And uh, Homer Bedlow says, you know, he, he had his, his 4-H reports were published in the county paper. Am I overqualified? Am I overqualified is his question. Well, at MSDNC, qualifications are a weird thing because, you know, they hired Jen Psaki, who was Joe Biden's spokesperson and had no background in journalism at all. And that's fine. The Reverend Al Charlatan has an hour show at MSDNC, and his journalistic background really, I think, is limited to the uh, Tawana Brawley story, which uh, he fabricated, like so many journalists fabricate things today. And, uh, you know, that's good. Now, I don't know a lot about you, Homer Bedlow, because I can't tell Homer could be a woman today because the Democrats and gender dysphoria and all that stuff. But if you are, let's say, a lesbian of color suffering from dwarfism and maybe you have one leg, then I think that you'd be a shoe-in, so to speak. See, but only one shoe. See, we got that. So if you're a one-legged lesbian of color uh, and a dwarf, can you say dwarf? Because you remember the FAA, Joe Biden's Federal Aviation Administration recently, set out parameters if you want to work at the FAA, and they would prefer people with dwarfism and LGBTQ and POC, people of color. And I think MSDNC goes by the same rules. So one-legged lesbian of color suffering from dwarfism. Uh, I think that your 4-H club notes from the 1960s published in the county paper might make you overqualified compared to Al Sharpton and Jen Psaki and so many other people on MSDNC. What was uh, Rachel Maddow? They pay her $30 million a year. What was her background in journalism? Did she have any? She's an LGBTQ. Uh, she's a, uh, a W-O-W. That's a woman of whiteness. Well, she's not a W-O-C. They call woman of color W-O-C. So she's a woman of whiteness. But I don't know about that. And uh, next question from 4T1463. That's right. From 4T1463. Do you have any broadcasters and or substack writers that you follow? You know, uh, that's always kind of a strange question for me because I, I don't, I don't like go to a certain website every day and say, oh, I'm going to go to, well, I think the Daily Caller is great. Town Hall is great. There are a lot of great uh, websites. But I don't have any, um, let me look at my iPad in front of me, because I really don't have any that I go to every day. I find stories, and then I re research the stories, but not based on any particular. Now, Substack, they've got you know, people doing great work like Glenn Greenwald, I, I believe, is on Substack, and Michael Schellenberger and Matt Taibbi uh, doing wonderful stuff. Uh, of course, Tucker Carlson, uh, broadcaster, has his own, you know, online television operation now. And I think Tucker Carlson is doing important stuff, and he's iconoclastic enough, and it's tragic that you have to be brave to tell the truth, but he is brave enough after he was you know, found himself not working for Fox News anymore. He started his own operation, and and uh, Tucker Carlson is definitely worth following. Michael Schellenberger, Matt Taibbi, and Glenn Greenwald, who, by the way, all consider themselves to be liberals and lefties. So, you know, that matters. But I've got to say that, um, you know, the Daily Caller does great stuff. The um, I, I, I go to Fox News, but I don't, like, say, hey, I'm going to Fox News now. 
Uh, I really don't. I and I, I I have the Washington Post on my front doorstep every day. Amazingly, one of very few people left doing that. But I don't really, you know, the Drudge Report used to be a go-to long ago website, but it's not anymore. And I don't think anything has really replaced it. Substack is uh, they do they do great stuff. They've got people who are looking to report real news, even though they self-identify as ACLU liberals, like Matt Taibbi does. Michael Schellenberger, a, a San Francisco. Uh, you know, Democrat, liberal. But I think they've seen the light on a lot of things. And Glenn Greenwald, who is, you know, longtime lefty, uh, he's gay, he lives in Brazil with his uh, man friend. And, uh, but they do journalism, and that's all I care about. If they're interested in what is true, I'm kind of hung up on truth. And thank you, 4T1463. I like that. That's good. little anonymity but probably means something, right? David Mark. David Mark with a question. Chris, who would you really like to interview? Would you, who would you really like to interview? I know you'd ask the best, fo- the best follow-up questions that other reporters never ask. Well, that is, uh, you know, I mean, honestly, right now, it'd be Joe Biden. Because nobody asks Joe Biden any questions at all of any relevance. And they certainly never ask any follow-up questions. Now, he'd have to be duct-taped into a chair and, uh, you know, have his eyelids pinned open. All right? Like in Clockwork Orange. But, um, but right now, it'd have to be uh, Joe Biden because nobody asks him any damn questions. And he does not answer anything. And he, uh, he knows that he doesn't have to answer any questions, so he never does. So he never does. But, you know, and I've interviewed President, I interviewed President Trump when he was president. But President Trump does interviews all the time and he answers all the questions. And I'd love to interview President Trump and hang out with President Trump and ask him all the questions in the world. That'd be great. Um, but really, if you want to get to something, it'd be interviewing Joe Biden and uh, just doing what no other reporter does. But he doesn't sit still. You know, Peter Ducey asks questions. James Rosen at Newsmax ask questions when he has the opportunity, but the commies in the Biden White House freeze out reporters like James Rosen at Newsmax, formerly of Fox News. And I see James pretty much every day, or often anyway, at uh, Newsmax, and I like James Rosen. And he asks all the right questions, but he is frozen out a lot of the time because the commies don't believe in a free and fair press. They believe in an obedient press. Like the New York Times... uh, you know, uh, published a piece day before yesterday about how the White House is mad at them for reporting on his age, on Joe Biden's age. And they hilariously said that they're going to continue their fair, what do they say? Their fair and complete reporting or something like that. And I was like, well, you can't say you're going to continue doing that. You might start doing that, but that hasn't been happening so far. And really, I think the more relevant interview right now would be Joe Biden, if you could. But uh, but he wouldn't sit still for an interview, and he doesn't answer questions. But you could have, I could have a lot of fun with it anyway. Mr. H, Mr. H says, <laughs> what's your favorite restaurant in the DMV? Now, that is kind of a tough one, because my best girl and I, we, uh, I have an answer. I have, a, I have several answers, actually. We, um... We are out a lot. We, we eat at home a lot, too. We, I think we eat a lot. But we uh, <laughs> had a great dinner at home last night, my best girl. 
made uh, delicious roasted chicken and uh, delicious and rice and broccoli and great stuff. And my best girl is uh, really uh, quite the chef. Wasn't always true, but it's true now. And um, and we eat it at home and have great meals. Now, we live in the city and we go out a lot and we can walk to a lot of places. Uh, and and I've got to say, they're like if I'm talking, uh, and, and Michael Pierce and I were talking about this this morning before the show. And if, if we're looking for some, and sometimes we eat like a fast food place that we really love, Moby Dick. I know it's called Moby Dick. House of Kebab. And it's Iranian-owned, Persian-owned. And it's one of our favorite, the, the chicken juja with rice and uh, the salad. It's uh, so delicious. Love the chicken juja and other stuff at Moby Dick House of Kebab. Now, that's not our, our favorite top-flight restaurant. We used to love going to the Trump Hotel. It's no longer a Trump Hotel. Um, and now it's a Waldorf hotel. They have a $30 cheeseburger there if you're looking for a $30 cheeseburger. But we go all over the city going to restaurants. And, and I've got to say, because I love the people there and I love the chef, uh, I've got to say my best girl and I, um, we like a restaurant called La Piquette. La Piquette. It's French. I know, I know. But it's, uh, but it's great food and it's a mellow kind of uh, bistro. And uh, we love La Piquette. We go to, we go to La Piquette. Uh, but we also go all over the place. We, uh, and we love all kinds of food. There is another, you know, we like uh, sushi and Japanese, although our favorite Japanese restaurant is long gone. But, um, you know, we go all over the city. And there, there's, the, honestly, the city is full of good restaurants these days um, and steakhouses, some of them quite expensive. You know, the prime rib on K Street is a famous old Washington institution. And and it's like a trip to the 1950s in Las Vegas. And and we like that very much, too. But it kind of depends on what we're what you're in the mood for. And it's a, you know, mellow uh, or a big deal, you know, special occasion kind of thing. Uh, we go to lots of different restaurants. We really do. But if I'm going to pick... Pick one for uh, casual and uh, inexpensive and kind of fast food, Moby Dick House of Kebab. And uh, for uh, sit down and have a nice uh, dinner, uh, evening dinner. We were there Saturday night with some friends. Uh, La Piquette. That's right. Refers to small batch wine. La Piquette. I drink beer there. It's French beer, but it's okay. They don't serve Bud Light. And that's okay, too. Speaking of food, it's a good idea to make sure you always have delicious Omaha Steaks on hand at your house with the all-new Omaha Steaks subscription program. That's right. You get to choose the foods. You get to choose the quantities you want. And you choose the frequency. And they deliver regular shipments to your home. Enroll today at omahasteaks.com plant and lock in an extra 10% off because you hang out with me. Every subscription or uh, 10% off plus Free Omaha Steak Burgers on all recurring shipments for life when you sign up right now. And every third shipment, they're going to send you a free gift valued at $19.99 or more. Going on vacation, traveling, need to skip a month, no problem. They take care of that for you. Want to pause the program, cancel at any time, no problem. Listen, growing up in Chicago, I used to love it when my, my neighbors would get Omaha Steaks. We never did at my house. With Omaha Steaks, every purchase is backed by their unconditional money-back guarantee. All you have to do is go to omahasteaks.com slash plant, P-L-A-N-T-E, to lock in your price. 
and get an extra 10% off every subscription order. Get those free burgers for life, too. Uh, minimum purchase may be required and restrictions may apply. Visit omahasteaks.com slash plant, omahasteaks.com slash plant to enroll today and subscribe to perfection. Yes, sir. Mailbag, listen, we still have Joe Biden being Joe Biden coming up, being a dimwit. And one reporter tried to ask a question and, oh, you'll see how that went. And then Letitia James, a a commie corruptnik in New York, trying to rob Donald Trump by abusing her power. That's coming up, too. Hey, it's Chris Plant, excited to tell you about our July 2024 Listener Sea Cruise. We'll be sailing around the British Isles, visiting Scotland and Ireland. Please join us. Visit chrisplantcruise.com. Afford Anything talks about how to avoid common pitfalls, how to refine your mental models, and how to think about how to think. Paula, while certainly you can mess up on a million dollars a year, it is far less likely than it is on $30,000 a year. Right. I would meet wonderful people that were struggling with a budget that was super tight. It was 100%. You need to make more money. Make smarter choices and build a better life. Afford Anything, wherever you listen. Show me a song from the last two years that's this cool. I was out with uh, with a friend, uh, Randy, last night. Runs the Chris Plant store and the Tucker Carlson store and the Lauren Grimm store, the Sebastian Gorka store. And and uh, we were out last night and having a couple of beers and having a nice time. And the place we were at in D.C., um, the music, I, I commented, is like there was a Rolling Stones song, then there was a Crosby, Stills, Nash song. And I said, have you noticed that most places you go, it's a brand new restaurant um, close to a college campus and so if you notice these uh, places you go to hang out, restaurants and bars, uh, generally speaking, the music is 50 years old. And I know, I look at the music today, you know, Taylor Swift, you think her music's going to be playing in restaurants 50 years from now? I'm going to go out on a limb here and say uh, no, no. Also had a police officer uh, uh, check in and say, hey, maybe uh, Mayor Adams should have the DOJ review that video of the illegal aliens attacking the police and prosecute them. All right, now let's get to uh, this Letitia James woman is the Democrat attorney general in the state of New York. And she is, uh, what's the word, um, a criminal. She's a criminal. She um, looks to abuse her power to attack the political enemies of the Democrat Party because she's filled with hatred and she's planning on stealing everything from Donald Trump that she can with the power that she has. And it's a considerable amount of power as Attorney General of the state of New York. Just remarkable stuff. Now let's go to Letitia James. Then I want to get to the James Biden a brother of Joe Biden, who has funneled hundreds of thousands of dollars to his brother, now the president of the United States. And uh, we've got a news media that thinks that all of this is perfectly normal and just fine, as long as you're a Democrat, because the left is corrupt and uh, they're out to get their political enemies like Vladimir Putin gets his political enemies. Honestly, Trump fraud verdict 
New York AG Letitia James says she'll seize, she will seize ex-president's buildings if he can't pay up. He's got to pay up. Otherwise, she's going to seize his buildings. Now, President Trump owns the Seven Springs Club, country club in, in Westchester County in New York, outside of New York City. He owns the Trump National Golf Club uh, and uh, in New York. It's also in Westchester. He owns a building known as 40 Wall Street. That's the address, obviously, 40 Wall Street, a very valuable building. He owns uh, 1290 Avenue of the Americas in uh, Manhattan. He owns Trump Park Avenue, another building with his name on it. It's called uh, Trump Park Avenue, a skyscraper. He owns the Trump Tower, of course, where he has his giant apartment and, and all of that. And these criminals, uh, these leftists like Letitia James, they're looking to to seize everything they can from him. It's them abusing power. This phony, phony fraud case, a complete sham, um, where the crooked criminal judge fined him $355 million when there is no aggrieved party. No one was defrauded. But Letitia James said that he exaggerated the value of his properties. The banks disagree, and they're the ones that provide loans based on the value of his properties, and they're pretty good at assessing the value of properties. But let's go to Letitia James because she was getting a, um, a foot rub from ABC Fake News and Aaron Katursky, who was just smiling and smirking and didn't ask any follow-up questions, and, and he's just a shill and a fraud and paid very handsomely for being a shill and a fraud for the Democrat Party by ABC Fake News and the ABC Television Network, which, uh, you know, maybe should have their FCC... Um, License revoked. What do you think? Here's uh, Letitia James being fluffed by Aaron Katursky, ABC News. If he does not have funds uh, to pay off the judgment, uh, then we will seek, uh, you know, judgment enforcement mechanisms in court, and we will ask the judge to seize his assets. And we'll ask a crooked judge, who is a filthy third world banana republic fraud just like the one that we had Judge Arthur Engeron on the Trump case. Amazing stuff. Judge Engeron ordered Trump and his co-defendants to pay approximately $364 million plus interest. When did the interest begin accruing? Was he given an hour to pay off the $364 million? Find the two sons $4 million each, prohibited them from doing business in New York for two years. They should leave this. Everybody should leave the city of New York and everybody should leave the state of New York before you're uh, murdered by um, Venezuelan gangs. Amazing stuff. And they say the interest is already at, you know, like, what? $99 million or something with interest. Trump's fine came to $453.5 million as of last Friday, and interest will keep accruing at a 9% rate per year until he pays it off, meaning he'll owe $31.9 million per year. Uh, it's $87,500 per day because 
They have power and they're going to abuse it. Here's Letitia James. She loves abuse. Financial frauds are not victimless crimes. He engaged this one in is. this massive amount of fraud. And it wasn't just a simple mistake, a slight oversight. The variations were wildly exaggerated. And the extent of the fraud was staggering. The extent of the and And Aaron Katursky sat there smirking like a moron. And he didn't say something obvious like, who was defrauded? And out of how much? Because bank representatives came into the trial and said, well, we did and do business with Donald Trump, and we've provided loans based on our assessment of the value of his holdings, and he's paid them back with interest, and we're on, on, on time, and, and we're just fine with that. So no one was defrauded, right? And she had the brass to say that fraud is not a victimless crime. Well, that's true. And that's all the more evidence that there's no fraud here because there's no victim here. No one filed with the state that Donald Trump had defrauded them. No bank, no individual, no one. They pulled this out of their dark and remote location and waved around. And you want to talk about frauds and misvaluing his properties, his holdings. The, the judge, the filthy, crooked judge, Engeron, set the value of Mar-a-Lago at $18 million, and yet Donald Trump has cars at Mar-a-Lago worth more than $18 million. His tennis courts are literally worth more than $18 million just because of the dirt that they sit on at Mar-a-Lago. So they lied and defrauded the public and should be charged with perpetrating fraud against a taxpaying citizen. But these crooks, these crooks, very crooked people, and wait, the scale was so massive, and and financial frauds are not a victimless crime. This one is, because there's no victim. And if Aaron Katursky were even playing journalist for three minutes, you would ask the obvious question, who was defrauded? And they, they say, oh, the people of New York. Um, how? But none of that comes up because ABC News is not a legitimate news organization. And Aaron Katursky um, is, uh, you know, Mr. Chapstick, as they call him down at the... But no, he's like Susie. He's the new Susie Chapstick. Aaron Katursky um, on New York and, and uh, Trump, and he should really be in big trouble. Trump said the penalty against him would drive other businesses out of New York. Damn will the right. deal will be successful, I think, because, frankly, if we're not successful, New York State is gone. But the state's attorney general told us she's not worried. And last I checked, tourism is up and Wall Street is doing just fine. That's not tourism. Those are Venezuelan gangs. Venezuelan gangs marauding through the city are not tourists on stolen scooters and Vespas and beating women over the head and stealing their phones and emptying their bank accounts. He thinks that's tourism. She thinks that's tourism. And Aaron Katursky is a complete charlatan, a horrible fraud, a clown, and uh, well-paid for uh, being a Democrat Party clown, which is what the networks do for a complex set of reasons. Now, mm-mm-mm-mm. Mm. Man, oh man. Now let's get to real corruption, and that's the Biden family. The Biden family is actually corrupt. 
They, uh, they've got James Biden on Capitol Hill testifying behind closed doors. And uh, but the Department of Justice is defying the Congress again and not releasing the Joe Biden interview with the special counsel. They were supposed to have the uh, transcripts turned over to Congress day before yesterday. But they're so corrupt at the Department of Justice under Merrick Garland and Joe Biden that they say, screw Congress, we'll do what we want. Right now, let's go to uh, let's go to Kaylee McGee White. Kaylee McGee White was uh, she's with Restoring America. She's been following very closely. Now, months ago, the Congress released information, including a photograph of a two hundred thousand dollar check that James Biden wrote to Joe Biden. And in the little memo line, it says loan repayment. So wait a minute, James Biden's brother, Joe Biden, the career government employee, loaned his brother so much money that here's a $200,000 check, a loan repayment, to Joe Biden. Where what Joe Biden must be rolling in cash. Isn't that amazing? Now, they've been denying and lying, and oh, there's nothing to see here, and Hunter Biden and James Biden, you know, that they've got nothing to do with Joe Biden, and they never talked about business, and and Hunter Biden didn't do business in China when he flew over on Air Force Two, which he did, and they've lied to us and lied to us. Every liberal toes the party line uh, everywhere you go. But here's Kaylee McGee White uh, from Restoring America on what's really going on here. Well, I think it's important to remember where we started with this. So last year, Democrats and their lackeys in the leftist media denied that the Biden family was involved in any sort of corruption or influence peddling at all. Now they're admitting that at least James Biden and Hunter Biden were in fact selling Joe Biden's influence, but they're still denying that Joe Biden had anything to do with it. Right. Just fall back, retreat, retrench, uh, buy into the new lie, have Aaron Katursky and other liars lie for you uh, like the liars that they are. Let's go to number three, Jonathan Turley, because he addressed this fairly specifically. Law professor extraordinaire, George Washington University, Washington, D.C., Jonathan Turley on the Biden family and influence peddling. There are plenty of articles as to this open influence peddling. His brother didn't even try to make this subtle. I mean, he actually uh, really sort of hearkened uh, uh, his connections to his brother, his ability to uh, use that name uh, on his official uh, pitches. And so President Biden had to know that his son and his brother were influence peddling. Yeah, Joe Biden had to know. And here's the check. They've got the copy of the check, the House committee investigating him. Uh, Let's go back to Kaylee McGee White of Restoring America, because now they've got they've they've been nailed on their first round of lies and their second round of lies. They've retreated and retrenched to their third level uh, of lies. They can't deny this anymore because there is evidence in writing of both Hunter and James doing just that. Hunter in a text message to one of his Chinese business associates threatening that his father was in the room with him. And James Biden was, of course, involved with this America America Corps deal. And he was also involved in an FBI investigation into a Mississippi trial attorney who admitted that he hired James Biden for access to Joe Biden. Why would that be a problem? And the AmeriCorps thing was a big health care uh, racket that the Biden family uh, reaped many hundreds of thousands of dollars for doing not very much. And then AmeriCorps 
uh, went broke, went belly up. But that's okay because, you know, Democrats, just extraordinary. So James Biden is on Capitol Hill, even as we speak, behind closed doors, and uh, an interview with Republicans, and the news media is attacking the Republicans, literally. CNN is, as we speak, posting online attacks on the Republicans for daring to ask questions about corruption at the highest levels of our government. That's what the news media is supposed to do, but they don't. Kaylee McGee-White. The question here is still whether Joe Biden was directly involved or had knowledge of it. But at the very least, his family members didn't seem to think that he'd care that much, that they were using his name to make a profit off of it. So the best case scenario defense for Joe Biden has now become, well, maybe he wasn't actively corrupt, but he turned a blind eye to it. That's still corruption. And he raked in hundreds and hundreds of thousands and actually millions when you include Ukraine. And, and, uh, and don't ask any questions about where the money's going in Ukraine, the tens of billions of dollars that we're sending to Ukraine to maintain the never-ending war in Ukraine, where more than 315,000 Russians have died and where about 200,000 Ukrainians, so we're, we're at about a half million dead there, and nobody's calling for a ceasefire. Isn't that fascinating? Why no ceasefire? Why wouldn't you call for a ceasefire in Ukraine? It's been going on for about two years now, just about two years since the balloon went up there. And uh, how about 10 times as many people as have been killed in the Israel-Hamas terrorism, the war against terrorism, the war for civilization? And they're pounding the table and demanding that Israel stop defending itself against a terrorist army dedicated to the total destruction of Israel. But no calls for a ceasefire in Ukraine with hundreds of thousands dead. More than $113 billion that we've sent there already. Another $60 billion in the pipeline. I'm telling you, the anti-democratic party is the party of war, the party of the military-industrial complex. The, and, uh, you know, it's not, it's not as though Ukraine is as pure as the driven snow in all of this. Putin is a commie. Actually had a lib yesterday saying, oh, he's not a communist. Sure. Career KGB colonel, commie, trying to reconstitute the Soviet Union. And liberals with a straight face say, oh, he's not a communist. If you make the lies big enough, no one will dare not believe them. Ah, yes. Now, I figured something out yesterday or day before yesterday, sitting with my best girl and taking in the news and the, you know, radical left, that's the mainstream of the Democrat Party. They're pro-Jihad, they're pro-Hamas, they're pro-Iran. They're anti-Semites. They're anti-Israel. I'm a Zionist myself. But um, the demands for a ceasefire, and I actually shared with you about a week ago that we learned through back channels that Putin had come forward and said, all right, let's uh, talk about a ceasefire and uh, freeze everything where it is. That means he keeps a part of Ukraine. And Antony Blinken, our Secretary of State, Chief diplomat said, no, there will be no discussion of a ceasefire. Then you turn the page and they're pounding the table, telling Israel 
to cease fire, stop, stop going after Hamas, a radical Islamic terrorist organization that is genocidal. But never mind that. And they say that Israel's committing genocide. Irony and no sense of irony. Time magazine reported yesterday the Palestinian death toll in Gaza has reached 29,000. I guess they shouldn't have gone in there and cut women up while they're raping and murdering them, but um, just a thought. They haven't agreed, and, and I've got a solution. I've had it for months now. Here's the, here's the solution. Um, the total and unconditional surrender of Hamas and the release of all the hostages. Hand over your leadership to face trial. There's the deal. I've got the deal, but uh, the Biden administration hasn't put that on the table because they're cowards and they're on the side of, of the jihad because they're concerned about votes in Michigan and not human life, as usual. But no calls for a ceasefire in, in Ukraine. I figured out why, all right? And it just came to me, hit me like a diamond bullet. It's because they're white, both sides in the war are what got a half million dead in the Russia-Ukraine war, got 29,000 dead in Gaza. So why the urgency for a ceasefire? And it's because of critical race theory. CRT and DEI, critical race theory, has it that the Palestinians are victims because they're a little darker, and the Israelis are the victimizers because they're a little lighter. They're all Semites, but never mind that. Whereas the Ukrainians are white and the Russians are white. So there's no critical race theory component. There's no genocide, even though a half million people have been killed versus 29,000. The reason is because the Democrat Party is racist and they're fine with a half million white people dying in a war. But the Palestinians, you know. Welcome to Talkville, the ultimate Smallville rewatch podcast. Guest star Sarah Carter as Alicia Baker. Although I didn't really work with her a lot. But Tom did, and they had some real big smoochy scenes. Yeah. Can we talk about that? Could there be any more sex? What was the three-page makeout scene that just kept going? Good Lord. We get it. They have chemistry. Jump in now or catch up on any of the past seasons of Talkville on YouTube or wherever you listen.